And so, as always, before we begin to study and submerge into the depths of our imperishable inheritance, the unchanging epigraph of our study of the Word of God is the book of Luke, chapter 24, verse 44. Then he said to them, Jesus, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and Psalms. Nothing will stand in the way for God to fulfill everything that is written about him, about Jesus Christ, everything written in the laws, prophets, and psalms. Almost everything has already been fulfilled. There's very little that still needs to be fulfilled. That is to adopt our body by the redemption of Christ and to take us from this earth. This is all that remains. For thousands of years, God has kept His church amongst many sorrows, suffering, political situations of all kinds. He's kept His church. Although many so-called churches, congregations that do not have the right to call themselves churches, they call themselves this, and because of them, you don't see the true Church of Jesus Christ, but the day will come when God will show her beauty. And then all of these congregations, these religious congregations will become dark and will be, become quiet so that we as the participants of the body of Christ would share with Christ the fulfillment of all that is written about Him in Scripture. We will continue our study of our collaboration with the truth of the Word of God and the Holy Spirit that reveals the truth that we have put into our heart by being instructed in the faith what we need to do to receive the right to the power to put off our former way of life so that we can put on the new way of life. Ephesians 4, 22 through 24. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which has been corrupted by its deceitful lusts, to be made new by the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new self, created by God in true righteousness and holiness. This is our primary calling, the primary calling of every person that comes to God, that is born from God. And if a child of God will not understand this calling and will be attracted with uh, spiritual gifts, uh, evangelism, and good works, or other things, blessings, then he shall lose his salvation because he did not fulfill his purpose, his calling that God has called him to. God called him that he become his temple. And to become his temple, the temple of the Holy Spirit, you need to cast off of yourself the old man with his deeds. And to do that, you need to know how to do it and what truth you need to know in order to cast off of yourself this old man. Many Christians don't even acknowledge that in them there is something evil that lives, something genetic that has been passed on to them. They don't acknowledge that fact. They think that if they've received Christ, that Christ lives in, in them or within them. We've talked about this. When we receive Christ, our spirit is renewed, but our soul and our body remain the same. And in our body, the genetical code continues to live and function that is passed on from our fathers. That's what lives there. Our body remains 
corrupt and mortal. Our soul in nature characteristics is demonic, it's egotistical, it's jealous and hates. Nothing changes. And so in order to make your body the temple of the Holy Spirit, you need to throw all of this out. And this is possible by being instructed in the faith and in God's specific order within the church where there's a structure of theocracy, a hierarchical structure of theocracy that is the body of Christ. There is one head, there's not a a brotherly council that would advise this head what it is to do. And when in the church a brotherly council makes a decision to uh, stop the pastor and not let this pastor say the things God has given to him, this is no longer a church. This is no longer a church, this is a multi-headed beast. In the Church of Christ, there is one person that needs to be the head, as Jesus is the head of the body. This is not a dragon uh, with seven heads and ten horns. This is the Lamb. And so this commanding order contains uh, the true calling. And so this is our future that's in it, in this commanding order. This is our great future that's in it. And for every person that follows Christ, according to Scripture, if a person does not fulfill this commandment, then he resists Christ. And the given person is then membered to the category of antichrists. If you can imagine for yourself that people that have been attracted by something different, but not what they're supposed to, they're antichrist, they're haters of Christ. That is what the Scriptures say. To fulfill this commanding order, we have been studying three fundamental and commanding acts, put off, be renewed, and put on. We've noted that it is specifically our decision regarding these three destiny-affecting acts to put off, be renewed, and put on that will determine whether we transform ourselves into a vessel of mercy or a vessel of wrath. Or more specifically, will the achieving of our salvation happen that is given to us in the format of a guarantee? It is given to us in the format of a seed and it needs to be turned to profit, invested, so that you can receive justification and salvation. If we don't do this, then we will lose our salvation forever, and our names will be then forever blotted out of the book of life, although they may have been written there at one time when we made a covenant with God. In a particular format, we have already looked at our at the first two demands and stop to study the third demand. What conditions do we need to fulfill so that by the power of our already renewed mind we can begin the process of clothing ourselves into the power of our new person that is created in accordance to God in Christ Jesus in righteousness and holy truth. Relevant to this, we already studied a series of parables, events, and symbols where we became familiar with the conditions that when fulfilled would allow us by using the name of God El Elyon or God Most High to destroy the stronghold of death within our body in the form of governing in its sin, which identifies the essence of our old person with his deeds so that we can forever thrust him out from within our body with noise into hell 
and after that erect the kingdom of heaven, which is the stronghold of eternal life, in the place of the stronghold of death within our body, we stop to study the next condition. This condition is contained in the allegory in the 18th Psalm of David, where the Holy Spirit with the wisdom and authority that He alone has, reveals the demands according to which we are called to collaborate our faith prayer with the name of God El Elyon or God Most High. El Elyon is in Hebrew, the Hebrew word God Most High. The essence of this condition consists in this, that in the circumstances of our hardship, when we are putting off the old man, with his deeds we can call upon the Most High as to our God and confess the faith of our heart, saying that reality confess that promise, that reality of who God is for us in Christ Jesus, what God has done for us in Christ Jesus, who we are to God in Christ Jesus, and what conditions do we need to fulfill to inherit all that God has done for us in Christ Jesus and by Christ Jesus. We have noted that the given allegory is one of the most powerful and all-capturing examples demonstrating the collaboration of our renewed mind as King David and God Most High and their violent conflict with the carnal mind in the form of King Saul and governing sin in the form of our old person with his deeds. This is the psalm, Psalm 18. It is about this. It's a prayer allegory where David uh, prayed this allegory to God. And the, every child of God will experience what Jesus did and what David did and the prophets and apostles. And that by the means of confessing the faith of our heart, proclaiming who God is to us in Jesus Christ, what God has done for us in Jesus Christ, and who we are to God in Jesus Christ, God can receive the proper foundation He needs to join the battle for our earthly body in order to shame the governing within our body sin, which is the old person by the power of His redemption, and with noise forever thrust Him out into hell. In its character, the prayer psalm of David contains three parts, where we see demonstrated, this is the 18th psalm, this allegory contains three parts, where we see demonstrated an example of the character of legitimate prayer that belongs to kings, priests, and prophets. The first part identifies the state of the heart of David as a warrior in prayer, which is the required basis for the legitimate status of his prayer, belonging to kings, priests, and prophets. The state of our heart will determine then our prayer, the state of our prayer, second part opens up the consistency of the legitimate prayer itself, which belongs to kings, priests, and prophets, which gives God the proper basis to deliver David from the hand of all of his enemies and our enemies as well. And the first are the enemies that are within our body. It's about these enemies that David prayed in this allegory in the psalm. The third part illustrates the prayer battle itself in an epic way, which is beyond the limitations of the typical human mind. In a particular format, as much as God has allowed and, the, and according to the measure of our faith, we already studied the first part and stopped to study the second part, which opens up the consistency of legitimate prayer in the eight names of God Most High. Although the scripture shows about 50, there are 50 names of God total. 
but they are all uh, dissolved or diluted in one the other as a wheel in a wheel. They support one the other, they confirm the truthful nature of the other one. And so studying eight names of God, we are studying all of the names of God or the power contained in all of the names of God. Getting to know and confessing the power that is contained in the heart of David in the eight names of God allowed David to love and call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised so that he can be saved from his enemies. And God getting to know and confessing the truth that opens up the power of his names within the heart of David provided God with the right foundation to use the power contained in the capabilities of his names to battle against the enemies of David. God can't use the power that is contained in his names uh, to protect us if we will not confess it with our mouth as the faith of our heart, if it will not clearly be written upon the tablets of our heart. The tablets, there are two of them. This is our conscience and our renewed mind. I shall write it in, on my mind and in my heart so that we understand symbolically these two tablets this is our conscience, where the teaching is written, the elementary teaching is written, and our renewed mind, which is then collaborating with our heart, with our conscience. I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock, in whom I take refuge my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I called to the Lord who is worthy to be praised, and I have been saved from my enemies. Psalm 18, 1-4 We are studying these four verses for now. And so here we see these eight names that we are called to pray with to God. Lord, the Lord is my strength. Lord, you are my rock. Lord, you are my fortress. Lord, you are my deliverer. <clears throat> Lord, you are my rock in whom I take refuge. Lord, you are my shield from the darts or the arrows of the wicked one. Lord, you are the horn of my salvation. And Lord, you are my stronghold. In a specific format, as much as God has allowed in the measure of our faith, we already studied our inherited lot in Christ Jesus in the power of four names of God. The virtue of the names were strength, rock, fortress, and deliver. And stop to study our inherited lot in Christ Jesus in the name of God, rock of Israel. Considering that the given nature of prayer where David confesses his inherited lot in the eight names of God Most High identified the inheritance that is contained in the covenant made between God and man because the number eight is the number of the covenant. In its significance, this nature of prayer is a strategic teaching which is purposed to be the calling of warriors in prayer, one, uh, ones that have the virtue of kings, priests, and prophets who are anointed to rule over their earthly body. If a person has not accepted the given to him anointing to govern over his calling, which is his mortal body, in the status of a king, priest, and prophet, in order to change it into the virtue of a heavenly body, then his revelation or this revelation that is purposed for worshiping God in prayer will not benefit him. <clears throat> Therefore, the quality and lexicon identifying the name of God living rock, as with the previous names of God most high, 
is not able to be found in any existing dictionary of the world. When it says, you are my rock, my stronghold, then it means a living rock, a living stronghold, because God says that I am, that is what I am. You can cover cover in me, I am your rock. You can come into this cleft of the rock. This is Jesus, living, the living rock. And so in Hebrew, <clears throat> this place of scripture, living rock, means or has these definitions, a sharp end or edge of a cliff, a living stone or a, st- a living stone defense, a living covering or shadow of a cliff. A living rock is, rock is at one bearing victory over the enemy, elephant tusk, elephant, I- elephant ivory, representing eternal government, containing the promise of imperishable food and serving as a comfort of peace. This is what the living rock means. In the given prayer psalm of David, in the name of God rock, we see concealed the inherited lot of the Son of God, in whom and by whom we together, collaborating with the power in the name of God rock, are called to receive the victorious ability to keep and expand our profits that are received from the invested silver of salvation that we have turned so that we can profit, which consists in the adoption of our body by the redemption of Christ, and as a component of the promise of imperishable food. Considering such a necessary tandem or such a union of God with man, related to clothing our mortal body into the pearl nacre of immortality, it becomes vital for us to identify within each aspect of our essence the role of God and the role of man. Because many saints, instead of fulfilling their role, they're always attempting to fulfill God's role. Just as when the saints get married I paid attention and the same thing happens there the husband tries to fulfill the role of the wife the wife tries to fulfill the role of the husband and so instead of each one fulfilling their own role it's one thing that they'll argue and argue maybe but you can't do the same thing with God if we begin to fulfill God's role we will prompt his wrath. And for this purpose, just as studying our lot in the previous names of God, we're called to be the lot of our salvation, we came to the necessity to study this series of questions. What characteristics and categories identify our inherited lot in the name of God, Rock of Israel? What purpose, as it relates to achieving our salvation, is our inherited lot called to fulfill in the name of God, Rock of Israel? What price do we need to pay to provide God a proper foundation to be our Rock of Israel? And by what results do we determine that God is truly our Rock of Israel as it relates to the achieving of our calling, which is the adoption of our body by the redemption of Christ? Not having clear and exhaustive uh, responses to these questions, which we are able to receive by being instructed in the faith, within the strict order in which the body of Christ functions, 
we will not have any ability to turn the silver of our salvation to profit, which is the virtue of the guarantee of salvation that we have. And this means that without a strict and voluntary obedience to the preached word of the man that possesses the power of a father from God and his helpers, we will have absolutely no opportunity to receive profit as the fruit of righteousness from the seed of guarantee that we have turned so that we can profit from it. For all the promises of God are in him are yes and in him amen to the glory of God through us, 2 Corinthians 1.20. Apostle Paul says that not a single promise is able to be received or accepted and God can't even reveal it if we don't have the right relationship with the apostles. <clears throat> the apostles are fathers. They have a heart of a father. God changes his heart and makes his heart his own, the heart of this person his own. As a father has to his children, God gave us such a person or gives us these people, but oftentimes people don't see them or accept them. It's easier for them by nature to select for themselves a person by the matter of a vote so that they can then manipulate him. So then he can tell them things that they want to hear their uncircumcised ears want to hear. With that, we need to consider that if we will be studying our inherited lot that is contained in the name of God, Rock, if we will be studying its power independent of the faith of our heart and not as the confessions of our mouth, then we will immediately be going in the wrong direction. We need to look at all of this as the faith of our heart that needs to reveal itself in the confessions of our mouth, because God, in His powerful and unchanging names, is the lot of inheritance only within the boundaries of the spirit, soul, and body of each person that belongs to the category of the chosen by Him remnant. The body of a person, God in His temple, He abides only in His temple, he abides in his temple and his church, in the temple which is his physical church and the temple which is the body of a person. And before receiving the right to the power to confess your inherited lot in the name of God, Rock, as the component of the faith of your heart, it is necessary to be clothed into the virtue of a student of Christ and the soil of your heart prepared to receive the seed of the planted word as well as growing this seed so it can show its power in the fruit of righteousness that is demonstrated in justice. We will remember that only a person that thirsts to hear the word of God invests time to this word, lives by this word, abides in this word, and the word of God abides in him will be able to continue to stand in battle against the ancient serpent and escape deceptive nets of the devil in order to inherit salvation of his body by the redemption of Christ. We together in a specific format have already studied the essence of the first two questions and stopped to study the third question which is linked to the condition that when fulfilled gives the Holy Spirit the right foundation to lead us into the inherited lot that is contained in the name of God, Rock. And so Rock, that is Rock of Israel, a living rock for warriors in prayer. Israel is a warrior in prayer, a person that allows the Holy Spirit to pray together with him against the powerful, uh, uh, the power of darkness that is his old nature, that, it's, that is in him. This is the name that Jacob received because he allowed the Holy Spirit to battle together with him, to pray together with him 
against his soul. That was his brother Saul in this case. And so in, we have already studied seven components of the price, providing God with the right to be our rock. Therefore, we will immediately turn to study the eighth component of the price. The eighth component of the price that gives God the proper foundation to be our rock of Israel consists in our decision and our ability to hide from the Philistines in the cleft of the rock of Edom. We're studying the name of God, rock, and so any rock that is in Scripture and where the children of God hid in their time, it is a symbol of this living rock that we're studying. It represents the power of the name of God, rock, where we need to hide. And so this symbol we will, will, we will be studying within the temple of our body in the metaphoric events that occurred with Samson after the Philistines burned his wife and her father with fire. Samson said to them, since you would do a thing like this, I will surely take revenge on you, and after that I will cease. So he attacked them hip and thigh with a great slaughter. Then he went down and dwelt in the cleft of the rock, Etam. Judge 15, 7, 8. So he sat in the cleft of the rock Edom, and no one was able to take him from there or approach it. With this, we need to pay attention to one significantly important pattern, specifically that the Bible is a very economical book that contains only those events and statements that relate directly to our salvation, demonstrated in adopting our body by the redemption of Christ. And the more space the Bible allocates to a specific event, the more significant is this event for building yourself into a house of prayer, from the position of which we are called to inherit every promise and in part inherit the promise contained that contains the adoption of our body by the redemption of Christ. We will be studying this cave uh, that is Edom or Ephom, it means durable or solid or long-lasting or long-lived. The name Edom that gives God or that was given to this rock came from a village called Edom that lived within the region. And as you have already understood, the given event contains a cave in the rock Edom with all of its characters, we will be studying them within the entrails of our essence, as well as the entrails of the temple, which is the bride of the Lamb, that we are called to have an, organ an organic membership to. <clears throat> Otherwise, this event will only be a story to us that does not relate to us in any way. The reason why Samson hid in the cleft of the rock Edom is to be studied in the context of all of the events that occurred in Israel during the time of Samson's birth and the time following his death. At this time, Israel was given by God into the hands of the Philistines for 40 years because they abandoned God and began doing evil in his sight. And when the time of vengeance that lasted 40 years was coming to an end, where God quenched the hunger and thirst of His holiness, God gave Israel Samson, who was a judge in Israel for 20 years and who was called by God to save them from the Philistines. The name Samson in Hebrew means son or son-like, which indicates the fact that his name bore the meaning that pertains to our birth from the seed of the word of truth, which is a light of life that the darkness cannot overtake. Understandably, it is not referring to the physical sun, but about the sun that demonstrates itself within our heart. 
in holy truth and the light of truth that contains eternal life. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will be withheld from them who walk uprightly. Psalm 84, 11. The Lord is God, Lord God is sun and shield. That's through His Word. His Word is the sun. A more complete version of the name Samson presents the quality and origin of our new person. It contains a more broad, great, and destiny-impacting meaning for us. Samson, born from the sun, belonging to the sun, representing the interests of the sun, fulfilling the functions of the sun, or born from a great light, belonging to a great light, representing the interests of a great light, or fulfilling the functions of a great light. In the name Samson, we will be studying our sacred person that is born from the seed of the word of truth, that for our soul and for our body is the sun that carries the light of life, that is called to save our soul and our body from the Philistines that live within us. The purpose of our sacred person is well illustrated in the first chapter of the book of Genesis. We see it in the purpose of the great light that is created by God on the fourth day. Looking at the consistency, it becomes clear specifically what purpose the created by God's Son had for the earth. The very same purpose is to be fulfilled by our sacred person that is born from the seed of the word of truth for our earthly body that is created by God from the dust of the earth. Look at what the sun does for the earth, the physical sun. If it suddenly would disappear, the sun, even for half an hour, immediately everything would freeze and die. For in a half an hour, the temperature upon all the earth would be minus 60 degrees. And in certain areas, behind 120 or even lower. Minus. Then God said, Let there be light in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs and seasons and for days and years. And let them be for lights in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth. Right now we are studying our spirit, our sun. And it was so, then God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also. God set them in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth and to rule over the day and over the night and to divide the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. The smaller light is the renewed mind. And that's what the scriptures say, a lamp, lamp of the Lord. <clears throat> And so these are the great lights that we're talking about. The stars are thoughts of God, the promises of God, which are also light. When God led Abraham out, he said, look at the stars. These are your children. These are my promises for you. And so the promises of God are stars upon the sky of our spirit. Our new person represents the sun of righteousness because it's born from the sun. The renewed mind is 
our moon. Based on the calling the sun has, symbolizing our new person, it is called to give light to the soil of our heart so that it can rule within our essence day and night and separate the light from the darkness. And now let's look at the events that took place in the life of Samson and that are the calling or the purpose of our sacred person that is created in accordance to God in Christ Jesus in righteousness and holy truth living within our mortal body. Again, the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord delivered them into the hand of the Philistines for forty years. Now there was a certain man from Zorah, of the family of the Danites, whose name was Manoah, and his wife was barren and had no children. And the angel of the Lord appeared to the to the woman and said to her, Indeed, now you are barren and have borne no children, but you shall conceive and bear a son. Now therefore, please be careful not to drink wine or similar drink, and not eat anything unclean. For behold, you shall conceive and bear a son, and no razor shall come upon his head, for the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb, and he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. So the woman came and told her husband, saying, A man of God came to me, and his countenance was like the countenance of the angel of God. Very awesome. She thought he was one of the prophets of God. But he was with such power as if it was an angel of God. One that was very awesome, but I did not ask him where he was from, and he did not tell me his name. And he said to me, Behold, you shall conceive and bear a son. Now drink no wine or similar drink, nor eat anything unclean, for the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb to the day of his death. Then Manoah prayed to the Lord and said, O my Lord, please let the man of God whom you sent come to us again and teach us what we shall do for the child who will be born. And God listened to the voice of Manoah, and the angel of God came to the woman again as she was sitting in the field. But when he heard the voice of Manoah but came to the wife, <clears throat> but Manoah, her husband, was not with her. Then the woman ran in haste and told her husband and said to him, Look, the man who came to me the other day just has just now appeared to me. So Manoah arose and followed his wife. When he came to the man, he said to him, Are you the man who spoke to this woman? And he said, I am. Manoah said, Now let your words come to pass. What will be the boy's rule of life and his work? So the angel of the Lord said to Manoah, Of all that I said to the woman, let her be careful. She may not eat anything that comes from the vine, nor may she drink wine or similar drink, nor eat anything unclean. All that I commanded her, let her observe. Then Manoah said to the angel of the Lord, Please let us detain you, and we will prepare a young goat for you. And the angel of the Lord said to Manoah, Though you detain me, I will not eat your food. But if you offer a burnt offering, you must offer it to the Lord. For Manoah did not know he was the angel of the Lord. Then Manoah said to the angel of the Lord, What is your name? That when your words come to pass, we may honor you. And the angel of the Lord said to him, Why do you ask my name? Seeing it was, it is wonderful. Wonderful meaning mysterious. It's a mystery. 
My name is a mystery. So Manoah took the young goat with the grain offering and offered it upon the rock to the Lord. And he did a wondrous thing while Manoah and his wife looked on. It happened as the flame went up toward heaven from the altar, the angel of the Lord ascended in the flame of the altar. When Manoah and his wife saw this, they fell on their faces to the ground. When the angel of the Lord appeared, no more to Manoah and his wife, then Manoah knew that he was the angel of the Lord. And Manoah said to his wife, We shall surely die because we have seen God. But his wife said to him, If the Lord had desired to kill us, he would not have accepted a burnt offering and a grain offering from our hands nor would he have shown us all these things, nor would he have told us such things as these at this time. So the woman bore a son and called his name Samson, and the child grew and the Lord blessed him, and the Spirit of the Lord began to move upon him at Mahanedan between Zorah and Eshtol, there where his parents lived. And so Judges 13 through 25. The name of Samson's father Manoah in Hebrew means a place of rest, which indicates the fact that our heart has become the place of the peace of the Sabbath, where God found rest or where he found his comfort or relaxation. Samson's parents Manoah and his wife were childless because the wife of Manoah was barren. Looking at Manoah in the temple of our body that is built into the resting place of God is our proper relationship with the person that carries responsibility for us before God within the body of Christ. Looking at Samson's mother within the temple of our body, this is our membership to the body of Christ, which is the wife, the bride of the Lamb, which is the mother to us all. It was specifically the wife of Manoah that received a revelation from God in a special way, that she will conceive and bear a son, which indicates the unearthly fact that all of the revelations and goodness of God in the form of His promises we can receive exclusively within the body of Christ. Looking at the Israelite land that is being governed by the Philistines is and so these, the, the land itself, Israelite land that is being governed by the Philistines is our mortal body that is redeemed by God and about which God has said that He cares for it and His eyes are always on it from the beginning of the year to the very end of the year. See how God cares for our body. Deuteronomy 11, 10 through 12, For the land which you go to possess is not like the land of Egypt from which you have come, where you sowed your seed and watered it by foot as a veg vegetable garden. But the land which you cross over to possess is a land of hills and valleys, which drinks water from the rain of heaven, a land for which the Lord your God cares. The eyes of the Lord your God are always on it from the beginning of the year to the very end of the year. Considering that the name Israel means a warrior in prayer, the Israelites within the temple of our body are prayer words that are concealed within our heart in the format of the faith of God, giving us the ability to be warriors in prayer. And out of our body, the Israelites are the wife, the bride of the Lamb, that is the chosen by God remnant, that is clothed into the virtue of a warrior in prayer. We need to also understand that the Israelites that began doing evil before God's eyes lose their right to be called Israelites as warriors in 
prayer. For they are not all Israel who are of Israel, nor are they all children because they are the seed of Abraham. In Isaac your seed shall be called. That is, those who are the children of the flesh, those are not the children of God, but the children of the promise, are counted as the seed. Romans 9, 6 through 8. The Philistines within the temple of our body that live in the land of Israel are unclean thoughts and corrupt desires of our uncircumcised flesh that is supported by the power of the old person, which is the programmable system of the fallen cherubim within our body. The Philistines out of our body are the category of men of the flesh that are enemies of all that comes from the Spirit of God and consequently are enemies of warriors in prayer. <clears throat> Carnal men are not circumcised, although they speak in tongues and are baptized in water because their baptism stops being baptism because they don't understand what baptism means and why it was even given to them. They know the slogans, we have been baptized into, into the death of Christ. If you're baptized into the death of Christ, then your nation, the house of your father, and your corrupt desires need to disappear. But none of that's disappearing in their life, and so the, this baptiz, baptism stops working for them. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned, 1 Corinthians 2.14. Therefore, we will look at the beginning words of the studied by us event, which is called to serve as a price of sanctification for us, giving us the right to the power to inherit our inherited lot in the name of God, Rock of Israel, from which we can conclude Again, the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord delivered them into the hand of the Philistines for 40 years. We need to note that the measure of vengeance was not called to serve as a trivial or common form of punishment for the nation of Israel, but a measure uh, for the sanctification of the nation of Israel, where God gave warriors in prayer the opportunity to separate themselves from those Israelites that called themselves warriors in prayer, but were not so. Understandably, for this punishment to be an opportunity for the sons of Israel to sanctify themselves, it was necessary for God to bring forth a person as a judge of Israel, by whom he will perform the given nature of sanctification among the sons of Israel. We need to pay attention to the fact that God did not search for a group of people that were united together and dedicated to God. God searched for one person, specifically appointed by Him before the creation of the world, that would be able to allow the Holy Spirit to clothe Him with the authority of a Father from God, so that He can perform the given nature of sanctification through Him, for which He had allocated <clears throat> in this case 40 years we ask the question what nature of sanctification is this that God made in the sign of time the span of 40 years previously we had already studied the symbolic number 40 in the Bible and we came to the conclusion that the number 40 is a symbol where God quenches the hunger and thirst of his holiness within a person as well as over a person and for certain people quenching the hunger of the holiness of God will be their death and destruction and for other people as a form of testing and cleansing them from the foreign particles or inclusions of the flesh. Therefore, we will remember that in order to quench the hunger and thirst
outburst of His holiness over the world that lived before the flood, God poured His rains for 40 days and 40 nights where He demonstrated His holiness in the destruction of all the world. But for Noah and his house, He demonstrated His holiness for their purification or cleansing. To give the nation of Israel His law, God called Moses to Himself upon the heights of Sinai, and He was with the Lord 40 days and 40 nights where He did not eat bread or drink water. In these 40 days, God demonstrated His holiness by destroying the idol worshippers. For the faithful, He demonstrated His holiness in their dedication, where they were girded with a sword, they killed their brothers that had turned themselves into idol worshippers. To understand the price of sanctification here. Therefore, within the span of 40 days and 40 nights where Elijah did not eat bread or drink water, he also did not sleep on his way to the Lord to the top of the mountain of Horeb. God demonstrated his holiness as death for certain people and salvation for others in order to test the Son of God as the Son of Man and in this way prepare him for the fulfillment of the Heavenly Father's perfect will. The Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights so that he can be tempted by the devil. We can conclude that the symbol of 40 40 years of sanctification where God put the sons of Israel into the hands of the Philistines, he called to prepare us to meet the Lord in the air by destroying within our mortal body the stronghold of death so that we can then erect in the temple of our body the stronghold of a re- stronghold of resurrection and clothe our mortal body into incorruption. In this nature of sanctification, this is the price which provides the Holy Spirit with the proper foundation to lead us into the waiting for us inherited lot in the name of God, Rock of Israel. <clears throat> the next aspect of sanctification consists in the fact that God calls from eternity the appointed by Him person that will lead the given sanctification and will deliver the sons of Israel from the Philistines. Now there was a certain man from Zorah of the family of the Danites, whose name was Manoah, whose name was Manoah and his wife was barren and had no children. And the angel of the Lord appeared to the woman and said to her, Indeed, now you are barren and have borne no children, but you shall conceive and bear a son. Now therefore, please be careful not to drink wine or similar drink and not to eat anything unclean. For behold, you shall conceive and bear a son and no razor shall come upon his head for the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb and he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. In his time, Jacob blessing his son Dan before he went in the way of all the earth, he received a revelation from God about the purpose that is... uh, that his descendant would fulfill. He said these words, Dan shall judge his people as one of the tribes of Israel, Genesis 49:16. Moses later somewhat expanded on the purpose that was given to the tribe of Dan. He said, and of Dan, he said, Dan is a lion's whelp, he shall leap from Bashan, Deuteronomy 33:22. I want us to study our new person here, that he is called to judge, he is called to be this young lion which represents righteousness. A righteous one is uh, as bold as a lion. If you pay attention, there's a pattern that consists in God bringing forth a person that is called to bring about sanctification in his nation by bringing them out from slavery. He does it through a person that, for reasons that only God knows, needs to be barren. This symbolically means to be such a donkey that no one has ever sat upon. Why barren? Because if a person was able to bear, then he will not have that purity because in him there will already be another gene pool. You need a person that has not yet bore children. 
so we understand this. Why God uh, brings forth his great leaders from those that are first barren. We need to ask the question, why does God bring forth such leaders? In order to provide a verified response to this question, I will bring forth some unique in their nature births that have one common characteristics. All were born from women that God until a specific time closed their womb. And each of the people born by these women were already Nazarites of God while they were still in the womb. For example, God gave Abraham an heir in the form of Isaac by his wife Sarah that until a specific time set by God, he, she was barren. When God says in advance, you shall bear a son, that means this person will be a Nazarite. And so according to scripture, Isaac and Jacob were also Nazarites of God because they in advance received revelations that these children would be born. <clears throat> and he said, I will certainly return to you according to the time of life, of life and behold, Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. Sarah was listening, listening in the tent door which was behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old, well advanced in age, and Sarah had passed the age of childbearing. Therefore Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After I have grown old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord being old also? And the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I surely bear a child since I am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the appointed time I will return to you, according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. Genesis 18, 10-14 The next example, Isaac prayed to the Lord about his wife Rebekah, so that she can conceive because she was also barren. Now Isaac pleaded with the Lord for his wife because she was barren, and the Lord granted his plea, and Rebekah his wife conceived. But the children struggled together within her, and she said, If all is well, why am I like this? So she went to inquire of the Lord, and the Lord said to her, Two nations are in your womb. Two people shall be separated from your body. One people shall be stronger than the other, and the older shall serve the younger. Genesis 25, 21 through 23. The mother of Samuel also was barren because God closed her womb until she gave God a vow that if he gives her a son, then she will dedicate him to the Lord all the days of his life. And whenever the time came for Elkanah to make his offering, he would give portions to Peninnah, his wife, and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah, he would give a double portion, for he loved Hannah although the Lord had closed her womb. And her rival also provoked her severely to make her miserable because the Lord had closed her womb. So it was year by year when she went up to the house of the Lord that she provoked her. Therefore she wept and did not eat. First Samuel 1, 4 through 7 the mother of John the Baptist was also barren, but by the word of the Lord she bore a child in her old age. There was in the days of Herod, the king of, Judea, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the division of Abijah. His wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of, of the Lord blameless. But they had no children, because Elizabeth, Elizabeth was barren, and they were both well advanced in years. Luke 1, 5-7 Considering that John came in the spirit and power of Elijah, we can very confidently say that the, power of prof the mother of prophet Elijah was also barren, and having then received a revelation, 
revelation from God about the calling of her son, she bore her Nazarite. Just the same as well, the Son of God was incarnated in his birth. But the difference from the above-remembered Nazarites, he was not just born from a woman whose womb was closed, but also from a woman that did not know a man and was a virgin. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come, come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. If you can imagine for yourself, she was maybe 14 to 16 years old, that an angel of the Lord comes to her and says, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you, blessed are you. And so she was thinking in herself. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and, and bring forth a son, and shall his, call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One, who is to be born, will be called the Son of God. This is Luke 1.26. Through 35. Samson that, that hid in the cave of the rock Edom, and the one we are studying in the form of our sacred person brings to this very pleiad of Nazarites the birth and purpose of which was foretold before they were conceived in the wombs of their mothers. First, in all situations, the parents themselves that were barren and after because of a revelation of the Holy Spirit conceived and bore a male child were righteous before God, performing all of the commandments and statutes of the Lord uprightly. Second, all of these parents received a revelation about the purpose of the calling of their infant before they were conceived in the womb of their mothers. It is very likely that many, having heard the purpose that was prepared by God for, for Nazarites, will ask or say, how does this glorious pleiad of Nazarites relate to me? The answer is that all of the glorious pleiad of Nazarites is presented to us for one reason, so that we can know or get to know and see within their virtue and in their purpose first who God is for us in Christ Jesus, what God has done for us in Christ Jesus, who we are to God in Christ Jesus, and what glorious purpose do we have in Christ Jesus. About each one of us, God also, just like the presented in Scripture Nazarites, has foretold our purpose and our calling, not only before we were conceived in the womb, but before the creation of the world. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should and so, if He chose us, then we are also Nazarites to God, that we should be holy and without blemish before Him in love, having, pre having predestined us in adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to Himself, according to the good pleasure of His will, to the praise of the glory of His grace by which He made us accepted in the Beloved. 
In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, which he made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure which he purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of the times he might gather together and won all things in Christ, both where we're all in heaven and which are on earth in him. Ephesians 1, 3 through 10. First, the reason for which God, until a specific time, closed the womb of the mothers of the future Nazarites consists in the fact that God has a specific time for bearing these Nazarites. Second, the reason for why God, until a specific time, closed the womb of the mothers of the future Nazarites consists in him preparing the parents themselves for the birth of the Nazarites. And third, the reason for why God, until a specific time, closed the womb of the mothers of the future Nazarites Nazarites consists in examining the faithfulness of these mothers to his commandments, according to the fact that our sacred person is called to contain in himself all of the components of the calling and qualities of each Nazarite from the time of the womb of their mothers, and that every component is our decision that we are carrying responsibility for before God. It is important for us to make sure of the journey of our sanctification as well as the journey of our dedication in the events preceding the birth of Samson as well as the the events that follow his birth, because in its purpose for each of us, God depends on the measure of the collaboration of our faith with his faith. And the greater the measure of our sanctification, the greater will be the measure of our dedication, which will give God the proper foundation he needs to use us in service in accordance to to the measure of our dedication. And so after the angel of the Lord appeared to the wife of Manoah and told her that she will bear a son and that he will be a Nazarite from the womb of his mother, this woman went and told her husband everything. So the woman came and told her husband, saying, A man of God came to me, and his countenance was like the countenance of the angel of God, very awesome, but I did not ask him where he was from, and he did not tell me his name. And he said to me, Behold, you shall conceive and bear a son. Now drink no wine or similar drink, nor eat anything unclean. And I'm reading this a few times, as you've noticed, because today the children of God think that drinking wine is not a sin. You just need to drink it correctly, is what they say. In other words, they say they're not Nazarites, that God did not... uh, he did not foreknow them to to salvation. They will be destroyed. All those who drink wine, they will be destroyed. Do not drink wine or similar drink, nor eat anything unclean. We're talking here, anything unclean, meaning don't run around uh, the expanses of the Internet and don't listen to whatever and whomever and receive everything as the truth. But listen to the one whom God has placed. Do you want to know God's will? Do you want to know where the works of God are, how to perform His work? Jesus said very clearly, believe in the one whom He sent. Who do you believe in? Who do Christians believe in when they go to the Internet, when they do their researches there? One sister called me today from Germany crying. She almost doesn't know Russian. She barely knows Russian. And she says her mother is dying because of coronavirus and her and her brother told her it's a, a chip and you can't be vaccinated and she's now dying from covid what do i do can you i barely understood her because she where are you from and and she said she's 
in one of our groups there, the churches, and she doesn't know Russian very well, and just she knows a little bit of it. And I told her, your brother, and her brother's not Christian. Imagine an unchristian person believes that this is a chip. But you are Christian people. I'm not talking to you, anyone here specifically, but those that are listening who think these things. is there such a foolishness that this this is a chip and now that their mother's dying they don't know what to do if she would have allowed their mother to take the vaccine she would continue living peacefully but now she's perished dying uh pray that my mother not die i said okay sister i'll pray for her that god would show her mercy and would reveal himself to your brother it's very important to understand Then Manoah prayed to the Lord. Um, oh Lord, please let me the man. And so when he's referring to, he wanted to then ask the angel how we behave with our new child. Uh, how do we behave with our new person? And so if you remember, he keeps repeating the same thing to the woman and then he says the same thing to the husband, that she is not to eat of the vine and that she must follow all of these things and be watchful. I ask you, especially our young uh, women and men, I'm very well uh, aware how you go on the internet, even being in the church, you hide in the balconies so that you can continue to look on the internet. Your mouth is unclean. You speak dirty words constantly. When here, there's a living spring of water, and instead of disciplining yourself, take yourself in your hands, step upon your old person, cleanse your mouth from dirty words, and stop wandering on the internet and start serving the true and living God. You continue to experience uh, God's patience, but it is not eternal. Remember that. In this portion of the recital, we will again see the demonstration of the unchanging order of the kingdom of heaven within the body of Christ in the form of the wife of Manoah, that God reveals himself and his promises to a person that carries responsibility for the body of Christ. In this case, it's Manoah exclusively within the body of Christ and by the body of Christ. If I did not belong to the body of Christ, God would not be revealing anything to me. I am not something special. My spe- if it's something special, is that I know the status and the importance of the body of Christ. And I am a part of that body. And I honor the church, and I always honored it. I never had toward the church uh, a either belittling behavior I was always with trembling and <coughs> and and respect although in churches I was undeservantly uh, excluded at times and even even physically hit <coughs> and then later they come back and say I'm sorry we made a mistake well five years you excluded me from the church and they say sorry we made a mistake pastor says be prepared tomorrow you're going to preach I became angry inside 
five years I didn't speak. How is it that I'm going to start speaking now? I said, Lord, if you want for me to speak, because they invited me, people invited me in other churches to speak. I, re- I, I refused because until my church acknowledges that they made a mistake, I will not go anywhere. And I had no anger. I didn't have uh, any uh, anger toward them. But but here it's enough to speak the truth and a person doesn't accept it they come up to me and start saying what is this church what are these rules that are placed here I say what what does the church have to do with this and so God revealed to Manoah through his wife and so everything that the apostles received revelations they received through the body of Christ. Now Hiram, king of Tyre, sent messengers to David and cedar trees with masons and carpenters to build him a house. So David knew that the Lord had established him as a king over Israel, for his kingdom was highly exalted for the sake of his people Israel. Then David took more wives in Jerusalem, and David begot more sons and daughters. First Chronicles 14, 1-3. And so Hiram, king of Tyre, symbol of the Holy Spirit, sent messengers to David, cedar trees. These messengers and cedar trees, masons and carpenters, these, all of this is in brotherly love when each one serves one another with their gifts. That's what that means. It is important and necessary to God that, man that a man that carries responsibility before him for the kingdom that is in the temple of his body here on earth, that he have a clear understanding about the responsibility of how you need to behave when it comes to his oath promises that is called to deliver our body from the Philistines in order to erect within our body the stronghold of life in the form of the kingdom of heaven. We all are called to deliver ourselves from the Philistines, that is our lusts, our desires, our passions, our unclean thoughts. The young pe- For young people, the time hasn't yet come. 15, 16 years, they begin to date, they say, they cry, they want to get married. You're not even earning an income. How, where are you going to bring your bride? But I want to get married, they insist. Learn to discipline your desires. It's not time. You'll love much, wait for the time. Therefore, God heard the prayer of Manoah, and he appeared to him, as he did previously his wife. Unlike his wife, Manoah desired to prepare a young goat for the angel of the Lord and asked him what his name was. But the wife did not ask those things, and the wife did not offer uh, uh, did not uh, offer to bring a sacrifice. <clears throat> Manoah said, now let your words come to pass. What will be the boy's rule of life? So the angel of the Lord said to Manoah, of all that I had said, the woman, let her be careful. Then the woman Manoah said to the angel of the Lord, please let us detain you and we'll prepare a young goat for you. And the angel of the Lord said to Manoah, though you detain me, I will not eat your food. But if you offer a burnt offering, you must offer it to the Lord. 
And so he says, if you want it, God doesn't demand it, an off- but if you want to bring an offering, what is this offering? Uh, this offering is himself. Present your body a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable for your good service. And so if you want, God wants us to serve him voluntarily with a desire. He wanting us, he bore us to be the first fruits of his creation. Same thing here. And so he said, if you want to do it, then, but Manoah did not know that it was the angel of the Lord. Then Manoah said to the angel of the Lord, what is your name that we, when your word comes to pass, we may honor you? And the angel of the Lord said to him, why do you ask my name, seeing it is wonderful? It is, in other words, a mystery. Judges 13, 12 through 18. We want to glorify the angel of the Lord, the person. But he says, my name is a mystery. Why? Because he needed to praise or glorify God and not the angel that came in the name of God. In order for Manoah to confirm the given promise where God has promised to deliver the sons of Israel from the Philistines, it was necessary for him to bring an offering of praise to the Lord in the form of the prepared goat and bread offering that God allowed him to do. Offer to God thanksgiving and pay your vows to the Most High. Call upon me in the day of trouble, I will deliver you, and you shall glorify me. Psalm 50, 14, 15. We need to understand that thanksgiving that is brought forth to God in the offering of praise for the given by Him promise that is ready to be revealed in the last times transforms it from the format of a seed into the format of fruit. So Manoah took the young goat with the grain offering and offered it upon the rock to the Lord. And he did a wondrous thing while Manoah and his wife looked. It happened as the flame went up toward toward heaven. From the altar, the angel of the Lord ascended in the flame of the altar. When Manoah and his wife saw this, they fell on their faces to the ground. When the angel of the Lord appeared no more to Manoah and his wife, then Manoah knew that he was an angel of the Lord. And Manoah said to his wife, We shall surely die because we have seen God. But his wife said to him, If the Lord had desired to kill us, he would have not he would not have accepted a burnt offering and grain offering from our hands, nor would he have shown us all these things, nor would he have told us such things as these as these at this time. So the woman bore a son and called his name Samson, and the child grew and the Lord blessed him, and the Spirit of the Lord began to move upon him at Mahane Dan between Zora and Eshtal. Here it's talking about the promise that we have heard about the adoption of our body by the redemption of Christ. We need to bear him. We heard this word. We need to bring an offering of praise to God. Present yourself a living sacrifice. You need to sanctify yourself uh, to prepare. He said, do not drink uh, wine or any uh, intoxicating drink and gave them other requirements that we can find about the Nazarites and how a Nazarite is to behave, not to touch what is dead, not to uh, touch anything unclean. If we truly want to inherit the adoption of our body, we need to do the work of sanctification. Don't touch anything unclean. Run every kind of unclean unclean thought from your mind. Discipline yourself because God will choose young men and young women that will dedicate themselves, but those who will 
uh, abuse this, they will receive vengeance. And so I ask that you fear God in this case. Looking at this phrase, we conclude that when Samson and this place of scripture I want to focus our attention upon the concluding phrase, and the Spirit of the Lord began to move upon him at Mahane Dan between Zora and Eshtol. When Samson grew to a specific age, he began to be led by the Holy Spirit. Therefore, all of the following works of Samson we need to look at as the obedience of his faith to the faith of God, and we will study this uh, further also. The Spirit of God cannot work in us if we will not be led by the Holy Spirit. And to be led by the Holy Spirit is possible when in your heart you have the teaching, the wisdom of Jesus Christ, the elementary teaching of Christ, because the Holy Spirit comes there where there is a teaching in the heart. If there's no teaching, there's no Holy Spirit, there's no grace of God. And so all of those who deceive themselves that they are under grace and that they have grace and that Jesus lives in them, if you have not been crucified with Christ, then there's no Christ living in you. The old nature lives within you, and your new person is in a prison. Instead of putting the old person into a prison, you've put your new person into a prison. Right now, we will pray and thank God for this revelation that we were able to receive today. Although it is very, uh, it is very in depth and it's big. The story. There's a lot of information. But I want all, each of us to see ourselves in this story, see what God has prepared for us and what we need to do to inherit what God has prepared for us. Amen. Let us pray. And may the Lord bless us in this prayer. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I thank you again and again for your great love, for your great wisdom that our mind is not able to fully take in or understand. But I thank you that you've made our heart that it can fit all of your truth. You've made our heart new and it is able to fit your truth. I thank you that you have found those who tremble and those that are humble before you, that tremble before your word in order to give them fruit, which is Samson, this great light of wisdom that will begin to free us from the Philistines that make our bodies suffer inside and outside may the works of the Philistines be destroyed within our body and may your mercy be shown to each one of us within our new person because everything that you will do you will do through the new person allow your inheritance to make the decision to bind the old nature in themselves, discipline their mind, because the kind of mind you have is who you are. Allow your saints to cleanse their mouth from all ugly and dirty words. Allow us not to be friends with those whose mouth is unclean. 
Because communicating with and having a relationship with the wise, you will be wise, and those that are unclean, you will they will pervert your ways. Allow each person to understand this, that hears this word but continues to remain in darkness satisfying their fleshly lusts and desires that are within deception and and within lies open up your truth to them so they get out of their deception make your nation your own possession your glory your diadem within your hand so that your inheritance would be able to demonstrate the power of your holiness, the power of your greatness, because the time is coming when those who will prepare themselves will be clothed by the power of the Most High, and you by them will begin to do your work on earth that you had never ever done, because never has it been that your church be on that kind of height that it'd be a light to the world as soon as their church was born in her there became divisions arguments disagreements and you needed to lead her through thousands of years to prepare your chosen remnant your remainder your small flock in order to change them into your image and show her to the world. I know that everything that you have said you can fulfill through us. Ourselves we are nothing, but when we humble ourselves and we receive your words, when we step upon the neck of our old person and desires and passions, ideas, then we bring the heavens to great joy and hell is ashamed and angry. May all hell be ashamed and all the unclean and wicked amongst your children. May they weeds be plucked out from amongst your people. May the wheat be gathered into the barn and may your winnowing fan, your shovel, may it be blessed so that it can separate what is chaff, what is not grain, what is of the flesh. Allow your children burn with a fire to sanctify themselves, to sanctify themselves to hallow you in themselves may your mercy be blessed may it be with us may all illnesses be cursed all weaknesses within the body of your people may healing come and may it rise as the sun over the earth for the time has come to demonstrate your mercy and your healing over your people. May Jerusalem rise as a lamp and may the nations come to the light of this Jerusalem, your Zion, your church, and may they know that you are God. We thank you. We worship before you, our great God, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, 
your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And now let us proclaim our unchanging manifestation. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to God our Savior who alone is wise be glory and majesty dominion and power both now and forever Amen <laughs> 